This is Novel Marketing, the show for novelists who aren't necessarily fond of marketing, but still want to become best-selling authors. Episode 163. I'm James L. Rubart, but you can call me Jim. I'm Thomas Umstead, Jr. And I'm Tara Wilder. And in this episode, we are going to talk to you guys about how to overcome the fear of technology, because that is a very real thing. And there's everything from Facebook to Amazon ads to doing video. Technology can be intimidating. And over the years, Thomas and I have found many, many, many authors are intimidated by it. So we are going to try to tackle that subject. And to help us with that is Tara Wilder. Tara is the founder of Envio. Is it, did I say that right, Tara? It's Envivo. It's a nonsensical word. In vivo. <laughs> no, I like it. I just can't pronounce it right. And what what uh, what Tara does is it's an online, she runs this online marketing company, which is truly obsessed with the power of the web and the power of technology and how it can impact lives. And she hates it when entrepreneurs and authors are not utilizing the power of the web that is out there because of being intimidated. So we're going to dive into that today and get some tips and tips tricks and techniques and places we can go that we can get a little better at this thing called tech. So Tara, welcome to the program. Oh, well, thank you so much, Jim and Thomas for having me on. Yeah, this is a topic I'm very passionate about because uh, fear is often the number one thing holding authors back from success, uh, whether that's in writing or in marketing. And I just wanted to ask you, why is it that fear is so toxic when it comes uh, to book marketing? Oh, goodness. I don't... I personally don't get it. No, <laughs> well, I, I've been playing with computers since I was like three months old, basically. Um, so, <laughs> and I think, um, you know, most authors that I meet are not millennials. They're older than millennials and I'm, I'm a millennial. And so I find that I'm comfortable with it and my peers are comfortable with it because that's all we've ever known is technology, you know, but when it comes to um, learning something new and you don't have much context for it, you're just not as comfortable because it's, it's a language. Technology really is a language. I mean, I can just naturally f figure out where different settings are and where, how to change things or do things because I have a context for how that works. But if you don't, then it can be intimidating. And I think how you're learning it the first time affects uh, your relationship with it. So when a child is learning technology, it's playful, it's fun, it's exploratory. Whereas when somebody is learning it later on in life, typically there's somebody else standing over their shoulder, uh, you know, slapping them on the wrist if they do it wrong, or the computer is slapping them on the wrist when they do it wrong, and the, the stakes are higher in that pressure takes the fun out of it and taking the fun out of it suddenly changes the whole relationship with technology where suddenly people take it on as an identity. It's like, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm an author, and I'm not a techie person. And like, suddenly that's who they are. It's like, no, don't do that. <laughs> if that's your identity, you will fail. Luddites unite. <laughs> yeah. You can't let that be part of your identity. You can't go around telling people like, if you're listening to this show, I just want you to never use the phrase, I'm not a techie person ever again, because that phrase is holding you back. You need to start be like, I, I am somebody who has a lot to learn with technology. And that's true of me. I have things I need to learn about technology. But that mindset of being like, hey, this is fun. This is something I enjoy learning about. This is something I can learn can totally change how effective you are when it comes to marketing your books. Tara, do you find that a lot of people feel embarrassed where they're just like, I should know this and I don't. So I'm just going to either pretend I do and do nothing about it. Uh, it. How much does that play into it? It is one of my biggest pet peeves. 
because everybody always apologizes to me and they don't need to apologize to me because we all have our own superpowers. I don't know everything there is to know about what they're doing or how to write. Oh my gosh, I'm a bad writer, you guys. It's pretty (laughs) funny. Well, no, okay, hold on. I just created that I'm a bad writer. It's just not one of my top talents. So, But that's what your superpower is, right? But I shouldn't have to apologize for not being a great writer and you shouldn't have to apologize for not understanding technology. Well said. It's like going to the doctor and being like, I just, I just need to tell you, I'm not a medically person. I'm, I'm not an expert <laughs> at, at medical stuff. I, I, I feel really bad about that. And I will say back when I was building websites for authors all the time, they would always open up the conversation with an apology of being like, I'm sorry, I'm not a website expert. And I'm like, that, that's why you hired me. Like, if you were a website expert, I wouldn't have a job. <laughs> so it's like, I'm perfectly fine with this. You don't need to uh, apologize <laughs> for it. Um, But I want to talk about some practical steps. What are some things that people can do to get more comfortable with technology, to feel more like an expert with the technology they deal with on a day-to-day basis? I think the very first thing is just getting into the right mindset and getting that you're not going to get it immediately. You just aren't. And I think that one of the things that really frustrates people is they have an expectation that they should have learned it or should be learning it very quickly. But honestly, when you're learning something new, it takes a little while. And with technology, you know, sometimes computers can be glitchy or just they can act up, you know, because, you know, technology is created by humans and humans are imperfect. (laughs) So um, the very first thing I would say is just don't go in with like super high expectations and then get frustrated when you don't learn it as quickly as you want to. That's good. And another more practical thing I've, I've noticed, uh, there's two kinds of people in the world and which kind of person you are really affects how comfortable you are with technology and how quickly you learn technology. And those are people who want to know what the button does before they click it and people who click the button to see what it does. So when I'm first getting into a rental car, before I drive it out of the parking lot, I am pushing all of the buttons on the dashboard. I'm pairing it with my Bluetooth and figuring out how to do that because I want to know how the car works more than just like stepping on the gas and things that are the same with all of the cars. And what what will happen if you're not that way is that there will be buttons that will make your life better in front of you that can stay there for years <laughs> where it's like, I have no idea what that menu does or I haven't dug through the menu. And I, re- I remember as a child, when I would learn a new piece of software, you know, the first thing I would do is go to the file menu and look at all the options. I go to settings and f- f- turn the options on and off. Oh my gosh, me too. Like with your phone, you can't break your phone by changing settings. So why not change all the settings just to see what they do? It's like, oh, night mode. What is this? You turn it on like, oh, my gosh, it helps me sleep better. It's like, oh, tracking. I can now know I'm wasting time on my phone. It will give me a report like, oh, hey, Siri has been turned on by default, which means my phone is always recording everything I say all the time in my pocket. Maybe I want to turn that off. Like the <laughs> only way you would find those features is, oh, it's tracking where I am in the world and listening to me. Maybe I want to turn these features off. There's a whole privacy page. Let's go take a look there. Like the only way you'll learn it really, you're not going to learn it in a class. There's no like community college is be like, here is a how to use a, your iPhone class. You just have to fiddle with the settings. Uh, and that's like the first thing I think that's just being courageous enough to push those buttons. And here's what's crazy. The kind of people who push the button to find out what it does have fewer computer problems than the kind of people who don't. A lot of people think, oh, well, if I push the button, I'll break it. And that's not those. That's not how you break it. Typically, you don't break it by fiddling with settings. You break it by doing something else. Uh, if you, especially if you don't know what the settings do, it's easier to break it, believe it or not. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I kind of experienced, um, so I'm the type of person who pushes all the buttons. And when you said growing up, you were like the very first thing you'd do is like go play with all the settings. And I was like that too. So I uh, grew up, not grew up, but I grew up as an Apple baby. I love Apple products. (laughs) Apple baby. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, I'm an Apple baby. And then Steve Jobs passed away and then Apple kind of fell behind on their phones. And then Android was doing a lot more exciting things. And I waited a couple of years. But iPhone didn't catch up. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to jump the ship. Uh, and I went to Android. And so that was the first time I learned a new operating system in years. In like, I think it was like 15 years or something since I had learned a new operating system. And I was so overwhelmed. And I'm somebody who's known for being tech savvy. And I was overwhelmed. So I played with a few settings. And then I was like, there's just so much going on here. So then what I decided was I'm just going to figure out the settings for what I want to do. And then take it slow after that and go look at all the bonus things is what I considered it. Once I had the phone set up the way I wanted it to be set up, then when I feel like it, I go in and I play with the settings a little bit, maybe discover something new. But just take it slow and don't expect that you need or don't feel like you need to know it all immediately because you don't. Okay, so Tara, you've you, the idea of just playing with the phone um, or playing with the computer and learning that's one way. Are there other ways that you suggest people learn technology? Yes. Google and YouTube are your friend. It is amazing. So there's this joke with IT people, information technology, um, that basically they're just professional Googlers because that's all you need to do. It's just Google the problem. And you know what? On the topic of like community college classes and stuff, there really should be a class around how to Google search because I know as much as I know about technology just because I know how to type into Google. I just know how to manipulate the search, you know? I mean, this is when I first got started when I was out of college, I was building websites, but I was also doing a little bit of IT work. And literally people would call me up and I would just type their question into Google, sometimes word for word, um, because no one knows what that printer error means. Like if your printer is giving you a 615G6B error, nobody off the top of their head knows that, even an IT pro. So what they do is they type it into Google and it's like, oh, this error means the toner cartridge is slotted incorrectly. And then they that page will tell them how to fix it. And I was so tired of typing people's questions into Google and then reading them the answers that instead I started speaking at conferences, teaching people how to type questions (laughs) into Google themselves. (laughs) And I think the easiest way to get started is to just type the question into Google the way that you would ask a human. Yes, Google is a lot smarter than people realize. Like you can literally type in, how do you do this? Instead of just saying this, you know, whatever it is. Say the whole question. Google's very smart, almost too smart. And I know you guys are listening to me, Google. I know it. <laughs> They're listening to me somewhere right now. <laughs> I will I will do a I will do a true confession here in, in that my son is a millennial, so Taylor is just about twenty-six. And he he and I have this uh Tara, we have a uh a company called the Rubart Writing Academy where we teach people to do what I've done. Um and Taylor's the tech guy for us. He's the back end. He's the guy that can build websites. He's the guy that understands all that. He understands how MailChimp works. And this was a while ago, but I was saying, well, Taylor, how do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do this? And he says, dad, dad, listen to me. Yeah. YouTube. What do you mean? YouTube, YouTube. What do you mean? Dad, go to YouTube, ask your question, see if you can figure it out that way. And if you can't then come back to me and it's like, okay. And so, um, 
Folks, those of you out there who are older like I am, a little bit older, and you're like, I need somebody to teach me how to do this. No, you don't. You need Google, you need YouTube, and you can learn 99% of it right there. That's right. And Google often will send you to YouTube. Mm -hmm. It's about being resourceful. It's amazing. I'm so passionate about opportunities and possibilities that there are in life because you can literally, as long as you're physically capable, you can do anything you want. And it's because of the amazing resources we have online. And YouTube is one of them. Or just videos in general. There are so many different videos. I mean, nobody's as big as YouTube, but you know, it's incredible. I remember in the days when I was using a computer before the internet and before we really had a Google. And it was a lot harder to troubleshoot computer problems because uh, you, what I would do is I'd just brute force the solution. So, you know, let's say the printer is not working. Well, it could be the printer, it could be the cable, or it can be the computer, right? So I try to plug the cable into something else and be like, does that work? It's like, okay, it's not the cable. Pro plug the printer into a different computer. It's like, does that work? Okay, that doesn't, still doesn't work. The problem must be with the printer. And like, treating it almost like a math problem where you're like trying to isolate variables and you're like, okay, this works, this works and going through that process. And I find nowadays I don't have to, that's still a useful troubleshooting technique of like isolating what's working. Uh, all right. You can't log in to your website and uh, Firefox. It's like, okay, well, can somebody else log into your website? It's the problem on your computer. It's the problem with your website. It's like, oh, I can do it on Firefox, but I can't do it on Chrome. It's like, okay, that tells us where the problem is. The problem is probably in Firefox. Or, or what have you. But nowadays, so often, you just, you know, type in what your challenge is. It's like, you know, Scrivener is not loading correctly. You type that into Google, and you'll find other people who've had that same problem and who found the solution, and you don't have to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> Somebody's already done it, and they've given it to you on a silver platter. And there is a website that I use only for my young millennial friends. I, I don't do this typically with somebody who didn't grow up with computers um, because they have a good excuse. But if a millennial friend of mine, <laughs> especially like a high schooler, emails me a tech question, there is a website called Let Me Google That For You. And I will just yes! send them, I'll, I'll type their question <laughs> into Google and then I'll create a Let Me Google That For You link and I'll send it to them. And because uh, there was this one kid I was mentoring and he kept giving me, all the, he was wanting to build websites and get into this. And he's asking me questions every week. And I finally sent him a, let me Google that for you link. And it was amazing. It did two things. One, it reduced the number of stupid questions he was asking me dramatically. <laughs> and two, it increased the rate he was learning how to build websites dramatically. Because instead of waiting for me to get the answer to him, which may or may not have been the right answer, he was able to get the answer immediately. And now that we have phones with the answer in our pocket, it's there's no reason not to to be stuck like technology answers are the easiest questions to get answered on google i mean people are asking who is god to google like they're asking like existential questions of the universe <laughs> it was like i don't know if google's really the right one to like be teaching you these spiritual truths but that doesn't matter like a million people google that every year or sorry every month um so if if people can go to google for those kinds of questions at least you can go to google to like figure out why your printer's not working yeah and real quick may i uh just add what um what let me Google that for you is, is basically to create a link, you go and type, I mean, I know you know Thomas, obviously, I'm <laughs> telling this to everyone else. Um, you go and you type in whatever Google search you want, and it creates like this animation page or something. You send that link to somebody, and it takes you to something that looks like Google, 
And then a cursor goes across, clicks the box, types it in, and then clicks enter. And then it actually takes you to Google. So it's like someone being kind of a smart butt, <laughs> being a smart ass about it and being like, here, let me Google it for you. <laughs> Literally. And, and typically it works best when you use their exact question that they emailed you and you put that question into Google. Because oftentimes people feel like they have to talk to Google in this like cryptic way when often it's best if you just do it with a like you were talking to a human and, and put in the question mark. Well, that's because it, that's how it used to be. Computers weren't this smart at the beginning. Yeah, I remember the days of Ask Jeeves, which promised to be this. It was supposed to be like this butler, this robot butler, and they bought Super Bowl commercials. And it just wasn't quite smart enough. In fact, Google, even back then, was better at Ask Jeeves-style questions than um, Ask Jeeves was. And uh, Google now has gotten really good at that, especially with like the home you know, speakers and stuff. You're like, Google, how many ounces are in a pound? And Google just tell you. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's gotten very good at those kinds of questions that Ask Jeeves uh, was useful for. And the reason why YouTube is so powerful, like what Jim was talking about, is that somebody may go step by step and create a video on exactly how to do what you're doing. I've even created these kinds of videos from time to time, you know, tutorial videos. And if you're using a service like WordPress, if you're using a service like MailChimp that's popular, there may be hundreds of thousands of videos on YouTube showing you how to do anything you want to do. It's really incredible. And here's another example of, of you. Yeah, I, so I had my cell phone, I, my iPhone screen cracked and I didn't want to take it in and pay the hundred dollars. I thought I'm, there's gotta be a better way. And so I found out sure enough, I can order a screen. Well, am I going to replace that myself? Well, Yes, because I went to YouTube and I said, how do I replace? And it's literally takes you through every step of replacing your own screen. And it was, uh, again, for a non-tech guy and a non-mechanical guy, it was incredibly easy. So folks, uh, to what Tara and Thomas are saying, if there's a subject out there and you want to learn about it, 99% uh, chance you're going to find a resource to teach you. Yeah. And there's nothing, this, if I may say this to one of the hosts of the show, that there's nothing special about you. <laughs> like you don't have special skills or anything. You just have the, the, um, the willingness to go and research the, the solution. That's okay. Maybe you do have something special about you, and that's what it is. Jim is very special, by the way. I think I'm not special. <laughs> no, you are very special, but you know what I mean. You're not like this crazy tech god. You just have a willingness to go search. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So the 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 main thing is to just go out and and try stuff uh, because if you do get stuck, it's way easier to get unstuck now than it was uh, back in the day, right? Where you had to take your computer into the shop. And and Jim, I haven't even replaced an iPhone screen. So you're you're one up me there. So you're actually, you know, more more technical than I am. <laughs> and that requires steady hands, I imagine, too, which I do not have. So, so but th that's you know, this is useful for technical skills, but just to kind of broaden it real quick, it's useful for other kinds of skills too. Like like oh, I need to change uh, a light in my house. Like the light in my office is burnt out and the only way to replace the bulbs is to replace the whole fixture and i'm like how hard is that to do so i googled it and you know i watched a video of somebody doing it. i'm like oh 
I think I can do that. <laughs> it's like suddenly, you know, I'm, I'm a husband now. I'm supposed to be the handyman in the house and I'm not at all handy. Right. But instead of being like, oh, I'm not a handy person. I'm like, well, let me see, you know, if I can figure out how to do this on Google. And I have been learning how to do handyman type tasks around the house, uh, much to the help of YouTube videos uh, where people will show exactly how to do something. And this also applies for writing. Uh, There are all kinds of writing tutorial videos and all kinds of writing articles. In fact, as you're Googling your marketing question, there's a very good chance you'll come across an article I wrote. (laughs) We have uh, tens of thousands of people who come to our articles every month uh, looking for answers to some specific book marketing question. And Jim, too, has got articles all over the, the web. And to flip this around one more time to blow your mind, you could be the answer to somebody else's question with your own blog or your own YouTube videos in the area that you're an expert. So we have nonfiction folks who listen to this show and you really, a a great way to promote your book is to be that answer for that specific question. And then you're like, if you want more, buy my book and we talk all about this. Yes, absolutely. We all, that takes us back to what I was saying earlier is that we all have our superpowers. And Thomas and I have talked a little bit about Quora, but really not much. And Quora is a wonderful social media platform that I just find people are not that up on and not that familiar with. But my gosh, if you have an expertise in an area, you can go on to Quora and you can answer all these questions and then refer them to your website. It's it's a wonderful place to interact with people. And it's a wonderful place, as Tara says, to share your superpower. Mm-hmm. And get visibility. Yeah, it's Q-U-O-R-A. Uh, and there are experts there who are happy to answer your questions. I answer questions on Quora. And it's it's great for the expert because they get promotion, but it's also great for you because you get to ask a question and that creates the answer for everyone else Googling it in the future. So it's a win-win-win. It is a win-win-win. And you would be surprised at some of the people that are on there. I think you would really be shocked. For example, being writers, a lot of us are familiar with Orson Scott Card and because uh, he's written some of the you know most iconic uh, science fiction and fantasy of the last, I'd say, 20 or 30 years. And he is on there a lot answering questions, commenting um, upvoting things. And so it's, it's really fun to interact with some of these folks that maybe you've admired from afar. So Tara, any final thoughts on overcoming fear of technology? Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to uh, state? Well, I really, I feel like the three points were really, um, really hitting home with me were that it's really a mindset. You're not bad at technology. It's something, uh, I can't remember how you put it, Thomas. It's something that you just need to work on or need to learn. I think that's the biggest thing that's for me anyway, is like changing your mindset around it. You're not bad at it. It's just not your superpower. And the second is like the willingness to, to be, to get down and dirty with it. Just play with it. To push the button to find out what it does. To push the button. It's okay. And if it explodes, go to Google, (laughs) pull out your other device, because you know we all have more than one, and go to Google, figure out what happened. And that's my third one is seriously, Google it. You can find the answer. Awesome. All right, Tara, where can people find out more about you? Oh my gosh. You can go to my website. It's I'm going to spell it for you. It's E as in Echo, N as in November, V as in Victor, I, V as in Victor, O, web.com. So that's Envivo Web. And you can also find me on Facebook uh, under Tara Wilder or Envivo. And you can find me at Instagram at I am Tara Wilder. 
And we'll have links to all of those places in the show notes. So if you just scroll down in your podcast app or on the page you're listening to, well, you can click those links. And this episode is brought to you by my book table, which is a plugin that my team at Author Media developed to help you build an author website and make it easier. So if you're the kind of person who's doing it yourself, you're overcoming fear of technology and you're building your own WordPress website and you want to add a bookstore, my book table will help you do that uh, very easily and also with really cool bu- uh, affiliate buttons to Amazon, Barnes and Nobles to even make more money uh, using my book table than you would otherwise. So you can find out more at mybooktable.com. Thomas, I have to say for somebody that's uh, surviving right now on about three hours of sleep a night, you you did incredibly well during the podcast. <laughs> well, well, thank you. You know, I was thinking that too. I was like, he sounds awake. Let's do this. <laughs> it, it is. I will crash after this. I was asleep before and I won't be asleep again. You may not even have memory of this conversation. It's so fascinating. Yeah. I was talking with my wife about this. It's like, we're never fully asleep and we're never fully awake. It's like this weird <laughs> twilight of the baby zone. <laughs> so it's like, right as you start to find that deep sleep, it's like, hey, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so anyway, it's it's good though. I uh, Mercy Gale is just a delight uh, and she's so cute. I hear babies are worth it. Yeah, I'm super biased, but uh, I'm in love with my little baby. Aww. Oh, she is a doll. Oh my gosh. My wife, every time, every time you post on Facebook, it's like, Jim, Jim, look at this. Oh my gosh, isn't she the cutest things? <laughs> so my sister is like, every time I feel down, I just look at photos of Mercy and I'm like, I do that too. <laughs> so anyway, um, I'm very, very thankful for her and thankful that as she gets older, she'll be sleeping longer and uh, so will I. <laughs> but then you're going to start having anxieties about other things, not to bring you back down or anything. <laughs> now I'm realizing I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tara, thank you so much for coming on the show. That It was a delight to, to have you on. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me, you guys. This was so much fun and I can't wait for you to publish this so I can share it with the world. And so one day when somebody is Googling how to get over the fear of technology. This is going to come up. <laughs> That's right. All right. You have been listening to James L. Rubart, Thomas Umstead Jr., and Tara Wilder on the Novel Marketing Podcast, giving you innovative ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing offline, online, and everywhere in between. Thank you so much for listening.